What was the experience like actually like making the film? Stressful, super stressful, (laughs) right? Like I had, it was stressful. (laughs) Like I had no previous, I had no real previous experience. Um, I I knew, and I did, I didn't even know all of the titles that you needed. Um, Excuse me, not the titles. I didn't even know all the positions and people you needed to like really make a film. Mm. Um, I had no real formal knowledge. And I, I will say that I think my, my ignorance in some cases definitely worked in my favor. Um, How so? In the sense that I didn't know that you weren't supposed to shoot a scene like this or I didn't know um, that, you know, you, you, the camera doesn't really go here. It doesn't usually pan this way or, you know, there's certain traditional aspects of filmmaking that I just didn't know about. And so I was like, well, we're just going to do it different and different kind of worked out for me in some ways. Hi, I'm Alexis and welcome to the First Year Project, a podcast sharing the stories behind the good, bad and integral aspects of first year experiences. That's a clip of Tannis, content creator and filmmaker of the multi award winning short film 2, talking about how being a novice in film was actually to her benefit when developing her first film ever. Going out on faith in any new and unfamiliar space is hard. However, it can especially be difficult in an industry that's known for being overwhelmingly white and male. Before Ava DuVernay, I'm honestly not sure if I even could name any other women of color filmmakers off the top of my head. While the percentage of women of color filmmakers is definitely comparatively dismal, many amazing black women filmmakers have and still exist, and their work is dope. Just to name a few, some black women filmmakers from some of my favorite movies include Casey Lemons of Eve's Bayou, Gina Prince-Bythewood, director of Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights, Darnell Martin, director of Cadillac Records, and Dee Rees, writer and director of Pariah. How do you get started working in a space and industry that's completely new to you? More on that with Tannis. Plus, Harlem vs. Brooklyn creative scenes, and why Tannis doesn't fear trying and failing all on this week's episode. For visuals from this episode, apparel sold in our shop, and last week's blog post, make sure to definitely visit firstyearproject.com. Once again, firstyearproject.com. And you can find us on social media at firstyearprj. Tannis, thanks so much for uh, being with me today. Yes, yes. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Dope. Now, first and foremost, I mean, your actual name is Tannis. It the is. Name your mama gave you, yeah. I imagine. Mama, um, daddy <laughs> Where does Nicole, like your, I guess, like creative name come from? It's it's actually my middle name. Um, and yeah, so it's, I feel like I sort of have a complicated name where I have like two birth certificates because they were like, McCole, that can't be it. You probably meant Nicole. My parents were like, wait, wait, actually, wait. no. It Go was, back. So yeah. what do you mean by you have two birth certificates? Like I had to get it corrected because oh. they put Tannis Nicole on my birth certificate and um, that's just not it. <laughs> so yeah, so McCole is my middle name. Um, I think when I was creating, when I was deciding to, to sort of create McColl. I wanted something that was going to be an extension of myself, but that wasn't necessarily Tannis per se. Um, and so I decided to go with McColl and just 
brand away with it. It it has a certain ring to it, um, and it's not a normal name per se. So I like it. It's cool for sure. Now, not having a background in the film industry, like what really motivated you to just like be like, I'm gonna write a script, and then yeah. and then to actually take that script and to make it into a film. right the do it part. Um, so I think I think I always wanted to write a script and I think I actually have written scripts usually they were for like plays my I come from a very theatrical family and so I wrote like plays back in the day and I didn't really think anything of it and then I decided that I wanted to write a script one day and um I was listening to Childish Gambinos because the excuse me because the internet and I just love I love Donald Glover. I love Childish Gambino. I've been a fan for a while. Um, and he came out with Because of the Internet, and I was just vibing to it so hard. Uh-huh. And he also came out with a screenplay for it, and I was like, this screenplay is awesome. It's written in... That's the short film that he has, right? Yeah, so he has a short film that he actually produced called Clapping for the Wrong Reasons, which is really cool and super weird. Um, and then he just has a script that's like online somewhere. And oh, I read wow. it, and I was like, man, this is so cool. Like I just appreciated how informal it was. Um, and so I decided to write this script and I didn't think it would see the light of day at all. That was never my intention. Um, I just wanted to write a story about, you know, people that I see in my day to day life, people that I'm friends with, um, and so, yeah, so the script kind of just happened. And then a good friend of mine, Jonathan Jackson, we were hanging out one day and I was like, oh, I wrote this script like a year ago. And he was like, this is the script for for two for two. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I wrote this script. And he was like, what do you mean you wrote a script? And I was like, I don't know. I just wrote it. And he was like, can I read it? And I was like, sure. Like, you're more than welcome. And then he read it. And then maybe. 10 minutes later he was like why don't you make a movie and I was like what do I know about making a movie and I don't know fast forward six seven months later and we were like in production for two shouts to Jonathan yeah shout out to Jonathan he's literally he's the reason that two got off the ground he was like just do it and he gave me the confidence to the confidence and some resources as well to be like you can absolutely do this there's no reason why you can't um now, what was the experience like actually like making the film? Stressful. Super stressful. <laughs> stressful. Right? Like I had it was stressful. <laughs> like I had no previous I had no real previous experience. Um I I knew and I did I didn't even know all of the titles that you needed um excuse me not the titles I didn't even all the positions and people you needed to like really make a film Mm. um I had no real formal knowledge and I I will say that I think my my ignorance in some cases definitely worked in my favor um how so in the sense that I didn't know that you weren't supposed to shoot a scene like this or I didn't know um, that you know you, you the camera doesn't really go here it doesn't usually pan this way or you know there's certain traditional aspects of filmmaking that I just didn't know about and so I was like well we're just going to do it different and different kind of worked out for me in some ways um, but the process itself was stressful just meeting with people and once we finally set the date to have the production it was just like full steam ahead and I think I gave myself like a month for pre-production to production which is like no time at all um and also shout out to mom dukes because mom was like sweetie if you want to do it i got your back and she was just like whatever you need so is she in film no my mom she's an actress she is an actress and a director 
So she put me in contact with a couple of her theater friends. She was getting me, she was helping me get equipment. She handled all of craft services, which like... I cannot thank her enough because that was clutch to like feed these people because everybody was donating their time and Shouts talent. Shout out to mom. Shout Duke. out to mom, Dukes. <laughs> uh, love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so so how did you do all this in a month? Man, um, like, what does that look like? Um, it looks like. Well, I, I do have a full-time job, so it looks like lots of late nights and. Um, Lots of emails during the day and trying to take phone calls on a lunch break and, you know, just maxing yourself out to like really try and make some something that you're proud of. Um, And we I I met with a lot of people. I would I met with my DP, I think, twice before we started production. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're we're meeting at the Ace Hotel and we're going over the script and we're, you know, coming up with a shot list and then we're getting together to scout locations and, you know, all that. That sort of stuff um and then holding auditions and finding actors and and how, how did you find the actors the guy that plays Raphael, the lead in the film i'd actually met him at um at an event held by the creative collective here in the city um i met him at the party and i i didn't really speak to him much when i saw him there i just heard that he was an actor and then fast forward a couple months later as i'm looking to cast I was on Backstage.com, which is like a common website for, you know, casting and auditions for film and TV. And I saw his profile and I was like, oh, this is like fate. Like, what are the odds? So I like send him a message. I was like, not to be creepy, but I definitely saw you at a party not too long ago. (laughs) And like, I really, really want you to read for this film that I'm working on. Um, And he was fantastic. I had I brought a couple people in for that role and I just really, really felt like I was like, he gets it. He's he understands. Um, And then we found the the female lead. um, Her name's Mally Takiso. And she's actually from South Africa. So she had a South African accent. Wow. Um, And we sort of just she'd just gotten out of out of um, theater school and. Mm we both just sort of took a chance on each other and it really it worked out and I think she's fantastic and the chemistry that the two of them had and then the chemistry that we developed as a cast and crew just together over the course of three days was amazing wait so I just want people to understand that like this was literally like shot in three days this was shot in three days this was self finance this was money out of my own bank account um Lots of favors, lots of IOUs. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the the typical budget on a film is. It's a lot more than I had. Um, <laughs> but you you really you learn how to make it work. And when you have people that just want to create really good art and that believe in your vision and believe in your passion, it's like it's amazing what you can do with just like very little money and people believing in you what was the scariest part of the process (laughs) for me i think i like to come off as prepared and professional and that was my fear was that something would happen and i wouldn't know what to do or someone would ask me a question and i'd be like they're gonna know i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) they're you know an actor is gonna be like what do you think about such and such and i'm gonna be like uh so it was a lot of fake it till you make it. It was a lot of just me hoping that nothing went wrong. And of course, things went wrong. You know, we had it was supposed to 
thunder one day that we were going to shoot all of our exterior scenes. So I'm freaking out. Man. And then my sound guy texts me and he's like, hey, I don't know if I can make it tomorrow. And I'm like, bro, that's not an option. Like, you have to be here. And so I was freaking out. But um, I had some good people in my corner that were like, maybe chill out. You know, like, it's going to work out. And thankfully it did. And, you know, here we are a year and a half later with some some festival acceptances so Dope. i guess it works so b- before we get into the awards uh how is the story like re- reflective of of you personally yeah i think well i definitely wanted to tell a story about people of color cuz i mean it's it's what i it's what i see every day it's who i interact with but i wanted to to also tell the story um i think in some ways the the supporting um, character Ella is me in some respects. I have so many female friends that like love to travel and that's a big part of who her character is, is that she's like, I just want to go see the world. I want to go explore. She's not necessarily attached to very much. And that kind of, you know, causes some rifts in her relationships, which they kind of get into in the film. But, um, I wanted to tell a story of of black millennials that like to travel and that have really interesting conversations and are super normal and relatable. Um, and I, I wanted that to come across visually. I wanted to see how I could best visually articulate that and also, you know, kind of pay homage to, to New York, which has given me so much inspiration. And so we shot it on the streets of Harlem. And, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, lo- I love I loved using New York as the backdrop. And that's... That's something that I also wanted to talk about. Harlem being where, the only place that I've lived in New York since I moved here and it just being so, so important to me. That's really dope, too, because I one New York City is a beautiful backdrop. Yeah. For anything. Yeah. And then, two, I feel like there's a misconception that if you are creative and if you're doing something kind of in the creative space that you like need to be doing that in Brooklyn or, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not going <laughs> to take off or it's not going to, 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 to reach its potential. Right. The cool kids are in Brooklyn, I guess. How do you feel about the, the idea you cool, know, the cool kids are in Brooklyn? That's cool. Be cool. I just need a train <laughs> is all I'm saying. Y'all ain't got no trains. So I'll stay in Harlem where I can catch a train easy peasy. Um, no, I love Brooklyn. I think it's great. I mean, I would live there. Yeah. I don't have... Yeah, no, I have nothing against it. I really... It's really just about convenience for me. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's pure convenience. Um, so Harlem is where it is. And there's so many amazing people in Harlem and all the history to it. And, you know, it's not as cool as Brooklyn, maybe. But I love it. I love it. Um, so... What are some of the greatest lessons that you learned while actually making the short film too? I think I learned a lot about um, management, both people and time management. Um, and the idea of protecting your passion, because I think mm. I think that's very easy to once you get into it, I think sometimes I think sometimes people run into obstacles that they don't necessarily know how to get around and that in turn sort of dilutes their passion a bit because they're like, well, I guess I can make this sacrifice. I guess I can make this sacrifice. And now this thing that you are fighting so hard to create isn't so much what you want it to create. Um, And so I, I learned a lot about how to protect that and how to best work with people and still retain what it is that I initially set out to do. How do you protect your passion? Like, like what were some actual th- things that, that you recall doing? Um, 
I think I'm I think I can be headstrong on this was the original intention of this piece of work, um, whether it's something that I wrote or it's something that I'm directing um, and never straying too far away from that being like, this is why I created if we can get this result, if we can, you know, positively inspire someone in that way, then we've done our job. Um, And so I'll stick I'll stick to, to my guns as much as I can. Excuse me, especially in terms of working with other people, because people love to give you suggestions and Mm. suggestions are fantastic. But like, nah, you know, like, but like, thank you so much. But this is what I wanted to do. And so we're going to we're definitely going to try and stick to that. Um, And just making sure that you know what it is that you want to do. You can lose your sense of, of passion, of direction when it comes to your passion. If you don't really know what it is that you're passionate about, you know, Um, I love creating content. So that's what I'm going to do. Whatever that medium is right now, that medium is like heavily focused on film and visual representation. Um, But, you know, who's to say it could be something else. But I just love creating content for people to, you know, to see the world the way I see it is super exciting for me. That's dope. Yeah. Now, back to the awards. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to read this off of a list because it's a list, y'all. Uh, two's awards in 2016 include Official Selection Los Angeles, Cinefest, um, Official Selection New Films Maker NYC, Official Selection Miami Independent Film Festival, Official Selection Baltimore International Black Film Festival. So this, you know idea really uh, well you made that list sound really long and i appreciate you for that well i mean i can can only read what right true yeah so this is crazy like why why do you think two resonated with so many people um i don't i don't know exactly but it's really really cool that it did because i'm one of those people that's like i just made this for me and like if you happen to really you know like it that's awesome but you know again this kind of goes back to making sure you're doing it for the right reasons and with writing it not with the intention on it ever becoming a film that sort of takes away some of the pressure it was just something that i kind of wanted to get out there um but with it being received so well, it it gives you a boost of confidence. You know, for me, it was like, wow, maybe you do know. Maybe you do know what you're doing. And I'm like, this is my first project. I know nothing about film. I have no money. How am I going to pull this off? And then, you know, we get into some film festivals. So you're like, wow, OK, maybe you do know what you're talking about. It's it's so exciting and like weirdly humbling and like now you just have to like really really work now that's what you have to do like the first one's cute like super like awesome but like what are you gonna do to follow up with that and show that you're taking the craft seriously and that you want to to contribute to this amazing industry how are you gonna you know what's gonna be your mark in that sense for sure do you feel like sometimes it's a prerequisite or it can be a prerequisite to kind of be creating not with necessarily intent of I'm creating this because I think these people will like it Mm -hmm. I think that's what happens a lot now I mean especially with social media and everybody's competing with everyone and everyone's competing for likes and 
the the prerequisite is that there is no prerequisite, right? Like you don't need experience to do, you almost don't need experience to do anything is my belief, especially in the creative world. Um, You know, we were just talking about sound design and sound editing, like one lesson and suddenly you now know, you know, you have this skill that's in your back pocket um, and I'm learning every day and I try to work with people that know more than me. Um, that's my prerequisite to work with people that know more than me because I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be constantly learning from someone, even if that person is younger than me. This most recent film that I worked on, my director of photography is, um, he was a couple years younger than me. Like he just got out of film school and, you know, was doing his thing. And he taught me so much about the the mechanics behind cinematography and I'm like you're fantastic yeah this is amazing like I didn't know that um and my my editor my my go-to guy he also served as assistant director this year uh for, for this latest project Jordan he's just been so instrumental in me learning about film and him you know he's like t did you watch this movie you got to watch this movie and then we'll sit and then we'll talk about it you know but now we're we're talking about movies from a different lens you know we're like what do you think about the cinematography how did they tell the story through frames and you know how did the music come into play and so it's it's awesome to learn from other people and that being your your prerequisite for going into anything is just to learn now with this second, so there is going to be a second, a second short film. Yes, we um, we finish, we started and finished production for this new project that I have called Curtis. You started and finished. Started and finished production. Yeah, we're in post right now. Nice. Um, and I think this one came together even faster than two did, and I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. <laughs> It's just like it's it's like I get an idea and then I'm just like just go just do it you know the more you the more you sit and think about it and realize why you can't do this and you don't have this like mm-hmm. you're just gonna talk yourself out of it so I figure if I just set dates my thing is if if I tell other people now I have to do it yeah because I don't want to look bad so I'm like hey guess what I'm making a movie shit now I have to make a movie <laughs> like now I have to make a movie um, and yeah so we just finished production on this new project called Curtis which I'm super excited about. Um, it's another short film. It's starring a very good friend of mine, uh, Michael Yellowday, and he's fantastic. And he's a really, really good actor. And I sort of wrote this with him in mind because I really wanted to work with him. Mm. And we worked with, um, this is my first time working with a child actor. We worked oh, with this young guy wow. named Daniel Cunningham. Um, and we shot it in Brooklyn. Um mainly um, exterior locations during the dead of winter. So that was super fun. Um, And we shot it. We took two days to shoot over the course of two weekends. Um, And we had, we had more locations in this project than I did in the previous one. So it was, it was a growing experience. Um, We had, you know, I had more, a more experienced crew this time around and that was really exciting to work with. Um, and our resources were just a bit better this time. So I'm hoping that this one is reflective of the things that I've learned and, you know, the experiences that I've had since we did, too. What's the premise of the film? It's about it's about a young man that's uh, struggling to keep his younger brother safe from this pretty harsh family life that he's since left behind. Um it's a four-page script, though, so it's not you're getting you're getting a snapshot, 
Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I like to tell my stories. And though I know some people have a problem with it because not a problem, but they think it's interesting. They're like, I want more information. And I'm like, it's a short film. You're not going to know everyone. You're not going to know back end stories. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you know, so it's I think it's. I think it's a really cool representation of of love, of the relationships between siblings um, and sort of what that looks like. Um, I like I like telling stories about relationships, different kinds of relationships. Why do you think you like telling stories about relationships? I mean, I think they always say you like you want to write about things, you know, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I know relationships. I can't tell you I know, I don't know everything about love. I don't know everything about romantic relationships, you know, but it's nice to write like you do. Um, I have siblings. I can talk about, you know, the intricacies of that love that you have between your siblings and, you know, the hard times that sort of um, exist within those relationships. Um, I, I I don't know. I like telling stories about people um, and what what they're sort of going through. Maybe it's not a story about love, but it's just a story about w- how two people communicate with each other. Um, those are super super exciting to me and just fascinating. Now, are you thinking of making the transition of uh, being a filmmaker full time? <sighs> Wouldn't that be something? I I think I want to. But I'm also that practical millennial that's like, I have a certain way of life, you know, that I enjoy living. You have bills to pay. I have so many bills, bills you know, like trying to adult full time is like a lot. Um, And to do directing full time, to be like, I'm quitting my nine to five and like (laughs) going hardcore. I feel like my parents might have a thing or two to say about that first (laughs) off. Um, but you know, I I do I I do want to one day. Um, I just have to get all my ducks in a row, um, and I have to really feel like it's what I want to do. Um, passion always precedes wealth. That's what I. It's something that I live by. Um, so I'll I'll do it if it feels good. If it makes my heart happy, I will absolutely do it. But I just got to make sure that my bills are also paid. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to, to bills being paid. Just got to make sure. <laughs> so what is a major transition that you've gone through? Whether it be career-wise um, or life-wise, it's kind of like, you know, made an impact on you. Goodness. Um, I mean, I definitely think moving to the city after school has has been the biggest transition of of my like adult life did, now did you go to to what did you go to school in? I, I went to american university um and i graduated in 2012 and i was my family lives in new jersey so i, I moved back home for a bit um and then I was working in the city. I was just commuting every day and I was like trying to save and trying to save. And um, I took my first job as a real estate agent in the city, actually. Wait, 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 wait. So it was how, absurd. How did this come about? This come about? It, it came about through pure panic and me being like, I've graduated college. What do I do? I don't have a job. Like, what do I do? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a real estate agent. I think it's because I watched way too much Bravo and like... I'd watch one too many episodes of Million Dollar Listing. And my parents were like, okay, uh, sure, sweetie. And I did it for like three months and I hated it. 
I was like, I don't care about money the way these people care about money. I yeah. don't. I wasn't. Pa- and that's when I really got into the idea of passion projects. It was going on that commute home two hours both ways and being like, you are miserable. What are you going to do? You need to do entertainment. You need to do writing. You need to be creative in some aspect. Um and deciding to leave that world and take an internship after that at Complex Magazine was like the best thing, the best decision I've ever made. Really? Um, yeah, just to, to, to be in that industry and to be surrounded by people that talked about things that I talked about in my day-to-day life was just amazing. Um, and then finishing off that internship and then coming over to MTV um, and now being here going on almost four years um, has taught me so much. And I'm able to take those things that I do at work and apply it to my passion projects and you know like I know how to create a marketing campaign for my film now you know thanks to the things I'm learning at work so coming to New York um, graduating and really figuring out that like I need to constantly make my heart happy was like the best thing ever it was amazing what's something that you do to overcome a fear of failing um, that's tough. I, I don't want to say you just have to do it, but that's how I look at it. Like you can absolutely fail. This could absolutely be incredibly awkward, but like, you'll never know unless you try it. And I'm fortunate enough that I don't have that fear of failing very much. I fear a lot of things. Sure. But a fear of like trying and failing isn't one of them. Um, I don't think I would have made my, my first film if it was for that. I'd still be like holding on to it like, oh, one day, you know, I'll make it. And, you know, now we got two under the belt. So it's like you just got to do it. That is so awesome. Like, honestly, that is really, really not only awesome, but also like a a testament to, hey, let's just try it out and see what happens. Just try it out. <laughs> you know, like who who is it that you're trying? Who, who's your audience? You know, my first audience are my close friends and family. And they're never going to tell me that it's like awful. You know, like <laughs> someone's going to be like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't the best, but you can try again. But having that having that really, really solid support system of people is like for me personally is everything. Um, and then realizing that if it doesn't work, you can just go back to the drawing board and try it again. You, you, but you have to try because if you don't try, you will absolutely never know. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to in uh, the rest of 2017? I'm looking forward to um, completing production, post production on Curtis. Um, I'm looking forward to getting that into the film festival circuit and showing that off a bit more. I have. I have I, I have lots of ideas for McCall. Um, more projects that I want to do. Some that are um, not necessarily film based. Mm. Um, I think I'm gonna try and get some some merchandise going again, and working with a couple of my friends that are designers. I actually really really want to make a zine. I was thinking about that the other What's day. Zine? Like a short form magazine. Oh, um, a lot of them. Awesome. A lot of them are digital now, yeah. but. I have, I don't know, I've said it for a couple years now. I really want to, like, publish a book. Like, I want to be able to, like, have a coffee table book with, like, my name on it. Um, So I think I might try and do a zine. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll have to see, you know, which way the wind blows. (laughs) Like, but that's that's kind of my creative process. That's just sort of how I work. If I want to do it, I'll just go do it. I don't have any experience in publishing. I can't draw. I write. My handwriting is that of a (laughs) five-year-old. A five-year-old? But... 
but I want to do it, so I'm going to figure it out. That's you know, that's kind of the be all end all to it. I'm I'll I'll figure it out one way or another. Now, <laughs> where can folks find you? Oh goodness, yeah, please. Um, I have a website. It's themacole.com. Um, Macole, not Nicole. We went over this yes, earlier, guys. M. M. Um, I also have a Vimeo page. You can see all my video projects up there. Um, and I'm on, you know, social Twitter and and um Instagram at underscore it's McCole. Um, so yeah, those that's that's where I am. That's where I. It's about as much space on the internet as I'm I, as I can take up. I think I'm so. looking forward to Curtis. A potential yeah, v. yeah, man. We'll see. You're gonna you're gonna get all the first takes. You're gonna get. I hope so. Please. I will absolutely. And please. when when we have this screening for Curtis, you'll have to come through and it for sure. I hope I hope the people enjoy it and I hope they're receptive to it. Um, if not, we go back to the drawing board and we try it again. That's, you know, that's so dope. We'll see though. Thanks so much for chatting. Thank you so much for talking with me. I appreciate it. I love, love, love this project. I think it's awesome. Oh, funny thanks. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for tuning into First Year Project. For episodes, visuals, and releases, make sure to check out firstyearproject.com or our social media accounts at First Year PRJ. Once again, First Year PRJ. P as in Paul, R as in Ryan. Jay as in John. The Work While You Wait Long Tea Collection is officially available for purchase online now at firstyearproject.com slash shop. Many thanks to those, again, who've already purchased theirs and received them in the mail. Remember, this shirt also comes with a complimentary vinyl and is being sold in very limited quantities. So if you'd like to purchase one, go to firstyearproject.com slash shop. Once again, make sure to go to firstyearproject.com slash shop. If you're interested in putting money towards raffling a shirt off, or if you live in the Boston area, make sure to contact me at firstyearprj at gmail.com. Today's background music is My Night by Chantal Acta. Once again, Chantal Acta. C-H-A-N-T-A-L and Acta is spelled A-C-D-A. You can find her work on soundcloud.com. Editing, production, and hosting were all done by myself. Follow First Year Project on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at First Year PRJ. You can follow myself across the same social media platforms at underscore Alexis Claytor. First Year Project also has a Facebook page. You can find the page on Facebook at First Year Project. Thanks so much again, y'all. Have a dope week.